All right, welcome in. This is another dual podcast with Jason Allen and Michael Campbell. We are not in my garage, but this will be uh, considered a garage talk podcast and uh, also potentially a beyond the band podcast. So depending on where you're jumping on, then you may be listening to it on one platform or you may be listening to it uh, somewhere else. So does yeah. that cover it kind of? No, that's good. I, you know, I told you this morning, I wasn't sure I wanted to put it on my feed because the last episode I did was you and I talking about coronavirus back in March. And I feel like at this point, I'm going to have to change the name to Beyond the Disaster with Michael and Jason, uh, because that'll be the last two uh, episodes in my feed. But uh, I, I've been talking to you about relaunching and trying to line up some guests and uh, what to do with it. I mean, that yeah. right there is a topic right. all by itself as far as what it's like to try and schedule podcast guests. Oh my in gosh, twenty twenty. You know, yes, post COVID. I guess. I mean, COVID's not over, but I guess what I'm saying is like, since that's happened, what is it like to schedule guests on a podcast? Some people are totally cool with it. Some want to do it over a video call or whatever, which is fine too, but it just doesn't have the same effect, especially for me. And I'm sure it doesn't for you either. When you're not right in front of someone, it's just different. You know, it's kind of like trying to do anything in 2020 work related or, or otherwise, you know, you have that moment of, Oh yeah, let's get together and grab a coffee. Oh, but wait, are you doing that? You know, uh-huh. uh, do, are, is this, I never thought I'd have to ask, you know, especially with people locally, Oh, are we meeting in person or virtually? Such a weird it's strange thing. And I know the first time that I went out to lunch, was it the first time I'm trying to remember because just last week, I think it was, I was talking to my wife and I said something about one of my clients lost her job during COVID then got a new job and she was working to connect me with someone at her new job. And I said, Oh yeah, well I had a chance to have lunch with this person last week. She's like, you did. I'm like, yeah, we well, didn't say anything. I'm like, I, Am I reporting all lunch <laughs> adventures? So, you know, because we really hadn't even gone out to eat. Mm-hmm. And let's see, we've we took the kids to get donuts, so we sat down in the donut shop. And I'm trying to think if we, well, I don't know if we've eaten inside a restaurant all of us together. I don't think we have. Still, yeah, you know, I have, but she hasn't, or we haven't as a family. So, I've done that same thing. Like, come back home. Hey, I had a business meeting at a restaurant even though it was outside <laughs> you feel like you like that's a big deal you yeah know? Um, well we did we had one yeah, that's but right. i don't know that I, I think i told her i'm trying to remember i'm pretty sure i did yeah but i guess anyway again sidebar but that's just one of the many things that we're dealing with as we move forward and then mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot more going on here in southern oregon for people listening who aren't here there's been a lot happened in the past two weeks and that's made it even more difficult for me. I think that when you talk about what it's like just to schedule people for these, even if it's just once a week, it's Mm -hmm. a lot to do and it's a lot to keep up with. But when you have a real job or real jobs and you have a family to keep up with, it's, it's challenging and definitely a challenge that can be met. But in a situation like this where we have fires all around us and then it was smoky. So even if I wanted to have someone come over how I do my podcast is in the garage. So, Mm -hmm. or in a situation like this where it's somewhere else and we just make it work. Mm -hmm. But when it's smoky everywhere, it makes it very difficult when you don't really want to go the video call route, unless Mm. you absolutely have to. And then the timing of it would be terrible, right? right? There wasn't time to do something like this a week ago Mm -hmm. because there were so many other things going on. And I think that's what, you know, for me, I've been really trying to do a good job of just doing one a week 
Mm. And that was my goal when I set out. Then COVID got in the way and it was just completely chaotic. And then I was totally back on track and doing a really good job. And then all these fires happened and I didn't feel like it was appropriate. I didn't feel like it was appropriate to take an hour or two to record a podcast when there's so many other things going on. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, um, I guess that's what you and I are designed to do with these dual podcasts. We we've tackled some issues over the, this is, is this our fourth one together? I think. I think so. I honestly don't know. Yeah. We, um, I guess it's cathartic for us, if nothing else. But um, well, yeah. and in this case, it's not just oh, let's put some content out there because it's been a while. It's mm. let's get together because there's a situation that has impacted us on many levels, and I think it's only right to talk about it mm-hmm. because a lot of what my podcast is 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 more focusing on the positives. But mm-hmm. the reality is that real life comes with negatives yeah, and unfortunate things that happen and disasters and whether it's natural disaster or man-made disaster, whatever, however you want to look at it, that it impacts us in many different ways. And so the reality is this is what we're dealing with. This is what's right in front of us. And that's what is really hard to wrap your mind around. I mean, for me, it's, it's different than it is for you because you have a different connection to the situation that happened here in Southern Oregon with Phoenix and talent and Mm. Ashland with your wife teaching at Phoenix and with you being on the school board at Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And so you have that like impacting your life. It's impacting my life in different ways, Mm -hmm. but we also have school that started at the same time. And so for me, it has been, be at work, be in it, trying to do the best job you can possibly do for your community and support the community in any way you can and go home to a completely different world. Yeah. Right. To walk in the door and it's not like you walk in the door, you walk in the door and your wife is, you've been probably working a lot together trying to help your communities. And so she's living and breathing the situation that we dealt with, with these fires ripping through Phoenix and talent and destroying thousands of buildings and families lives. Mm -hmm. And mine is in a different County, which is fine. Nothing wrong with it, but she's trying to homeschool three kids at the same time. And so when I walked in the door Tuesday evening, the Tuesday that the Alameda fire happened, Mm. it was, here's what happened with online school today. And so my brain is trying to separate Mm. you are over here. Mm -hmm. This is still happening. Yeah. But the topic at home is school right right now and so trying to listen and focus on what is being said but knowing that there's something really bad happening right and your hands are kind of tied yeah this is a very strange situation to be in yeah yeah absolutely you know it 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 has impacted and impacts people in different ways but we all feel it in some way or another you know and it's just um and i think another part of that is Like, seriously, can we get just one disaster at a time, please? I Mm -hmm. mean, how much can we comprehend as human beings? This this year has just been so much just unbelievable, unfathomable at this point. You know, this is just obviously, you know, for us in this community, transcends even a pandemic, which is hard to believe. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I... I, I get it. I get it. If if you you know, 
our situation is a little bit different. I mean, first of all, we had to evacuate. Yeah. Which at first I wasn't really planning. I thought we wouldn't have to. Um, but then the smoke just, we live below the manor for those of you in Southern Oregon who know where I'm talking about. Um, the fire is in Phoenix, which is across the freeway. And so into the South and to the South. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm seeing, you know, from our, from our house, I'm seeing how quickly it's moving. And, um, but I'm thinking, okay, well, we're still, you know, a few miles to the North and we're across the freeway, but that thing was traveling so fast and the smoke column, I mean, you know, people around our age and um, just anyone around today who remembers that, Carolina students don't, but um, it reminded me of 9-11, just the column of smoke coming over our house and, and that whole neighborhood. And then it was like, you know what? If that hops the freeway, we're gonna we're not going to want to be here. Um, the wind was just blowing oh, so hard at that point yeah. all afternoon long, and yeah. it was just pushing it right up the freeway. Yeah. Yeah, and so we were we were freaking out for a bit, but then we took a moment to like catch our breath and gather ourselves, and you know, um, we I went through the process of walking around my house, videotaping things, which you should always do. Yeah, which is a good or do it now. Actually, do it now just in case. Yeah, this is you know one of those classic examples of you know there were people who didn't have time to do that Mm -hmm. um but it's a good practice to do just on the regular um anyway so that was surreal because i i distinctly remember walking around talking about all of our things like pointing the camera at all of our earthly possessions Mm -hmm. simultaneously knowing there have been people who have lost theirs already and who didn't have time to do this and so I remember thinking, okay, I have to do this because I should, but I honestly don't give a crap about any of this stuff because I just want us to get out of here on time and be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we we got, we have some photos from before the digital age, so we packed up some of those. I think I grabbed my guitar and three days worth of stuff and... We evacuated when we were still level two, and then it was by the time we got to Grants Pass to my in-laws, we were already level three and would have had to evacuate anyway. So I just remember thinking back to videos I watched of Paradise and people trying to drive out of town, and I knew I did not want that to happen to us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, and so we have had that whole harrowing experience, and then you know, just the whole night, which we could talk about, but you know, these are, these are Carolina's students, former students, um, colleagues, uh, you know, friends, friends. Um, she's been at that school. I think this is her seventh or eighth year. So yeah. Um, and those of you who are married to a teacher, you know, when you're married to a teacher, you're married to the district, the school, the kids, you know, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a package deal. And so it's a big part of our lives. And, um, and it has, it's, it's, we've been fully immersed in that. And then, you know, once we got back home the next day, it was just, how can we help? You know, it just, we just felt like if we sat around for too long, it's just so easy to be overcome by sadness and grief that it's almost paralyzing. So it almost becomes kind of a selfish act to figure out what you can do to help others. Because if you're not, 
you're just you feel know, guilty yeah i think well and, yeah there's definitely some survivor's guilt yeah for sure i can't imagine some of these people who are going home to their neighborhoods where their house might be the only one or one of a handful standing and as they look on their front porch they're looking out to an entire neighborhood leveled can mm-hmm. you imagine going and no home rhyme to or reason to it either no and how the fire decides to pick what house it burns down and which one it doesn't or what business or yeah people's vehicles or possessions whatever it is you just look at it and it's just weird fire has a weird way of like yeah. a mosaic kind of yeah or patterns that yeah it's um it's strange you know i um I, I took the drive yesterday, which, you know, I kind of felt I was out that way because my parents live in talent and um, kind of behind behind the town in the middle of talent in Phoenix. And so I took the drive because, you know, along the 99, mm-hmm. um, because I I wanted to. I wanted to experience it in person to remind myself of everything that we're going to need to work towards and, and, um, how, how much we're going to continue needing to help people even well beyond, you know, when people need toothpaste and deodorant and, um, nothing can prepare you for that. And, and I know that's tough. I think there's been a few people like, please don't just drive, don't just drive out of your own curiosity to look at our, destruction and grief but you know these are our people too you know and and um so it's tough i nothing can prepare you for the sight of all of the devastation the smell it's it's a distinct smell like nothing i've ever experienced it's, it doesn't smell like a campfire it doesn't smell like even fire necessarily it's just it, it there's this just smell of I can't even describe it. You have mm. to experience it yourself. Um, it's, it's tough to see. It's it's surreal still to think about when we've seen these things like paradise and um, it happened in weed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, weed was really the first one that I remember. Yeah. And that, no offense to the people in weed, but that right. is nothing oh, compared this... to what paradise experienced and right. what Phoenix and talent experienced. Right, right. You know, weed was bad. Yes. When that happened. We thought that was bad. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was. It was bad, but yeah. it, it wasn't on the level, I guess, with the scale of what this right. was. And they said Paradise was a you know, tinderbox and, and mm-hmm. an accident waiting to happen because of where it was situated in the canyon and this, that and the other. Mm. And then you see something very similar happen in a place that is not set up like that town was. So Mm-mm. it can clearly happen anywhere with the right weather conditions. Right or the wrong weather conditions in this case, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't good at all. And yeah, it's so weird because I, that day I drove over to my sister's to get my haircut. I was talking to her about all the fires because at that point, the Sandy M Canyon, you know, that Mm. fire up there, I can't remember the, is it the beachy? I get them all confused. There's so many that it's hard to keep track of them, but the one that came down 22 and through mill city. And I was telling her, yeah, you know, Joe Tate, who was on my podcast, always is talking about his hometown of Mill City. And I mm. just drove through there for the first time and it literally got ripped apart or at least part of it did. And I don't know the full extent of what actually happened in Mill City because I haven't I haven't had time to even look since then. 
and all of these places that I had just driven through, you know, after we left a, a little mini vacation with you guys and we drove from Bend to Portland and I literally just through drove through all these areas mm-hmm. and then this happened. And so I was telling her this and then I left. And when I left, I was coming down Penninger by the expo and I saw a huge column of smoke and thought, man, that grizzly peak fire must've really taken off with this wind because that was the mm. fire from the week before. Right or just over the weekend, but they got a pretty good handle on it. And the, Oh, the wind and the dry conditions must've kicked it up a notch. And no, that's not what it was, but people didn't even really know yet. And this mm-hmm. is just like 11, 15, I think it started around what? 11 o'clock or something like mm-hmm. that. And so I'm driving back towards the radio station going, man, there's a, there's a plume of smoke out there. And I got back to the radio station and started asking questions like, has anyone noticed this? Noticed what? I'm like, there's a fire, and I don't know if it's Grizzly Peak. And after doing just a little bit of research, it was like, oh, okay, there's a fire along the Greenway in Ashland. Mm-hmm. And that's what I knew. And we even, um, I'm trying to remember, because that was the same day that you could see the plumes from the Slater Creek fire and open chain. Mm-hmm. And we were standing out in the back parking lot going, man, look at these two columns. They're just taken off. Right. And so they had planes up already for those two fires. Little did we know the most catastrophic would be the one that people didn't even really know about yet. Mm-hmm. And as it developed and it was just hours, it, it wasn't even, you know, as I think back on it now, you know, I ended up going back inside and it was happening, but in a situation like that, you don't know exactly what's happening. And it wasn't that bad yet, mm-hmm. you know? And then by mid afternoon, it was getting worse in a hurry. And I think one of the biggest regrets that I have is leaving and going home. Mm. But what, you know, we still had people at the radio station. So it wasn't like we abandoned everyone. Mm-hmm but it maybe could have been handled differently just from what I know and the experiences that I have of dealing with similar type situations Mm -hmm. that unfortunately we've had to deal with over the years of emergency situations. But at that point, and it's interesting that you bring up paradise because that's exactly what I thought about. Mm -hmm. I thought about when I talked to Jesse again on my podcast, different guests, but he lost his home in paradise. And I remember watching those videos, just like you remember watching those videos. Mm -hmm. I was like, if anything, if I get to Josephine County, they were shutting down the freeway when I left to go home. And there was traffic backed up all the way to Laurel Hills golf course on the southbound lanes. And I was going north or west, you know, technically it's west of Grants Pass, but you get the idea. Um, thinking I just want to get out of Jackson County and that will give us someone somewhere else that's not in our building. Because when I left, I said, you guys, this thing could come right up the freeway and not stop. Yep. The wind was blowing so hard at that point in my brain. And I even said it out loud. They are like that area is in the bullseye and we're next. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to, if it comes all the way up the greenway, like it was going, we're right along the greenway. Like there's not going to be a chance for us to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was blown up so quick that that was my thought process. Oh yeah. And I remember a couple people called me or I called, I can't remember even who I talked to honestly, but it was like, I know I talked to my wife and 
said, I'm heading over there. This is getting bad. And she didn't even under, I didn't even understand the scope of what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got home and then I was watching, um, you know, some different feeds of people who were doing live videos. I called numerous friends to say, if you haven't got home to get your stuff, you better get there. Yeah. You know, people, you know, mutual friend of ours who lives in talent and mm-hmm. talking to him, he'd call and say, this is where I'm at. I'm trying to get out, whatever. And it all just happened so fast. You know, now that I think back on it, you know, it really did. Um, and I, I don't think it wasn't really until I knew that it, I saw the fire take that turn into Phoenix and my heart just sank. Cause I knew, you know, what was in that path. The winds sort of shifted. They were blowing northernly and then they sh- kind of shifted to the West mm-hmm. a little bit. And that's what blew it into Phoenix and then kind of back in that area. And then that area. Well, and let's not Netflix. skip the fact that a second fire was started in Phoenix Correct. and has been confirmed and the guy's been arrested. So we don't right. know what that fire would have done by itself. That's true. We just don't know. And yeah. we ne- we will probably never know because there was a second fire started. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I know we all want answers. I'm I'm trying to reserve my conspiracy theories until we get more answers, but um, we do know that someone started a second fire, and I'll be really curious to find out if there is a connection to the origin of the original fire or not. I yeah, mean, who knows? Uh, I, I have no idea, and I yeah, don't. Yeah, just mm. to think, we know that the whole thing was human-caused is, mm-hmm. is the assumption we're operating under now, that the that the officials have told us to think that this level of devastation is human caused is just unfathomable. Yeah, It's me. really hard to wrap your mind around that. Right. We're not yeah. really, uh, mm. Mm. not really built. I don't know. I guess what am I trying to say here? You just don't, I guess you don't think of mm-hmm. growing up. You don't think of seeing that much destruction and knowing that someone else is the cause of it. Yeah. But to your point about, you know, yeah, I think we all wish we might have done something differently or, but there was a moment there, there was a a, a while where it seemed like it was just going to continue making its way up the I-5. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we got the heck out of where we were. And, um, and so, you know, I don't know. It's easy to second guess. I don't know what you would have done differently if you had stayed, but um, because if I, if we if we all stay, right? I mean, just to play out the scenario, mm-hmm. we stay and it continues to come all the way up, and then we are also in mm-hmm. the middle of the bullseye. Right? Could have easily been. Yeah, and we know that because that next day there ends up being. Is it the next day or the day after that was the fire on the Greenway? Yeah, I think it was Thursday. And we actually did evacuate the radio station. Mm-hmm. And that fire happened so quickly. I saw it before before I saw flames. I saw the plume right out in front of our building, which was just over the way, a couple hundred yards mm-hmm. as a crow flies. And then tried to get out of there and got stuck in traffic. And it took me an hour to get to the freeway. Yeah. And they were doing a great job. The authorities were, but right. still there's so many people and so few outlets and it's a bottleneck. And for a little while I was going, am I going to have to drive through that field or over that curb or through that person's yard to get away mm-hmm. if it keeps coming? Because it was moving so fast because the winds were still happening and yeah, and, and it was still dangerous as far as the weather goes. The right. conditions were not good at yeah. all. And so um, trying to just play back through all of that of what that could have looked like. 
yeah, you can Monday morning quarterback and say should have been doing this or should have been doing that. But all I know is when there's conditions like that, you don't really have the luxury of sitting there going, well, it probably won't make it here. Yeah. Because even when I told the crew at work that this thing could come all the way up by five and this is before it got to talent, it, everyone just kind of stared at me like, huh, really? Like I, as hard as the wind's blowing, it's definitely possible. And mm -hmm. as, as we saw it did. And luckily it got stopped before it got to Medford. Um, because that would have been even worse. You know, that would have been, I was already preparing myself for, or attempting to prepare myself for what could have been knowing that we've already dealt with COVID and especially in our business and the radio industry, we've taken a hit alongside everyone else mm -hmm. because when, you know, places aren't open, they don't advertise or people's habits change and whatever. And mm -hmm. so I'm going, okay, so we already, we already have dealt with COVID mm -hmm. and now we're going to deal with, um, and are dealing with, you know, communities that have just been ravaged by fire and we could have been dealing with even more, but Tuesday night, I mean, I'm just saying, man, how are we even going to do this? How mm -hmm. are we going to recover? How are we going to come back from all this? And, um, I want to talk about that cause that's an important issue to me. Um, but just to give you just really nail home this point of how quickly this thing was moving and how unpredictable it was and how any decisions someone made, that was cautious in particular, I don't blame anyone because I have a friend who lives in Phoenix and unfortunately she lost her home. Um, I texted her at, um, uh, what time did I text? It was like two, it was about two fifteen when I first, no, two twenty two Tuesday. I texted her checking in. Hey, you okay? She's like, um, I'm okay. I've heard about the fires. It's difficult to get information, which is another thing you and I should talk about. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so this was at 227. I said, right now it's near the talent exit. Um, and then headed north, northeast towards Payne Road. Um, and she said, how did it start? I, at, at the time, I couldn't fathom it was human cause. So I said, I believe it was downed power lines. So that was 227. And then by 3.15, I texted her. This is when I saw the fire get to Phoenix and take that hard left turn. Um, or if it was that other fire that that idiot started, I'm not sure. But that's when I said, I think it would be a good idea to head to your parents now if you haven't already. So within 45 minutes, it went from talent to Phoenix. Um, or, you know, that other fire was started. Um, mm -hmm. And so, but just think of how quickly how quickly it moved. You know, the whole thing started at 11, 1130. And by three 30 people were fleeing for their lives in Phoenix. Yeah. I was just trying to look back through some of, excuse me, even some of our text messages. Mm -hmm. Um, and to see, well, I texted you at two thirty six. Yeah. It's kind of weird to look at, honestly. Yeah. Because I texted you and said, where's Carolina? Oh, God. She was at work at the high school, by the way. That yeah, day. And, you, and at this point, you said, home now, thank God. Uh, yeah. And I said, this fucker isn't stopping. Yeah. Sounds like it's already to Phoenix. And um, 
I apologize for the explicit language, yeah. but we have the e-check, so we're all good. Yeah. But I mean, it just really is. And then there's some pictures you sent. Mm. Um, yeah, and then it goes through our whole thread of what your status level is and trying to figure out what you guys were doing and that whole thing. And mm. Anyway, but the situation was similar in the fact that I was, you know, communicating with one of our friends and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and – he was telling me that there's places he drove by on the way out where people were standing out on their sidewalks watching. Mm. And when he went back into his house, those houses were gone, mm. you know, like na- mm. one neighborhood after another. Yeah. And you know, it just, yeah, it just happened so fast. And I think that there's been so many things talked about since then and talking about what we could have done differently after Tuesday, I think we handled it probably as best as we possibly could, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wouldn't change much about that as far as like our response on the radio side of it, and even social media. I, I feel like we 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 tried to do everything we could possibly do mm-hmm. um, for our station. But there's a lot of people talking about the emergency alert system. Yep, I have my own personal feelings on that, mm-hmm. and I think. I wish there wasn't as much rhetoric and as much, um, and I know someone leading the charge mm-hmm. uh, and really beating the drum on this thing. Right. And I know people, you know, with the County too. So it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. But if I would like to know why we didn't use the emergency alert system. Yes. And I, I, I think we got lucky in the sense that, and I, I do not want people to take this the wrong way. We lost people. Yeah. I'm not, I I don't want that taken the wrong way. Like Mm -hmm. that's terrible, but thank goodness we didn't lose more because it easily could have happened very easily. And I think we got lucky. Mm. I think we got very lucky. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in the outcome, I thought there would be a lot more Mm -hmm. and I, I don't know. I know the county is saying it's not the time to talk about the emergency alert system. And as we're recording this, let's say, um, what? Almost two weeks weeks after the incident happened. And I know there's multiple fires still going on Mm -hmm. and it just has to be talked about. It has to be talked about. And I, and my point would be just this, and this is not trying to, I'm not trying to be political about it. I'm not trying to take sides. I'm not trying to tiptoe around the subject, but I think that, and I said this at work, I don't care whose fault it is. I'm not, I don't want someone to lose their job over this, but if we don't use the emergency alert system that we have for this, then why do we have it? Mm -hmm. Are you waiting for the big earthquake, the Cascadia fault to, to shake? Yeah. Because we run emergency alert alerts, for missing people in Washington, Amber Alerts, mm-hmm. and people that are 300 plus miles away. So how come we aren't using it when town's on fire and they'll say that, well, we didn't want more people to freak out. Well, then don't have a system that alerts the masses because you, Lane County used it right a ton. And again, I don't, I, I really like some people who are involved in this and that's the hard part. Right. Uh, but there still needs to be answers. And I don't think you wait. I mm-hmm. know the resources are limited. I, if it was me and again, I'm just giving you my honest opinion Yeah, and I'm not in government. So I don't get the, all the politics and all the angles. 
But if it was me and it didn't get used and it should have been used, mm-hmm. then say it should have been used and mm-hmm. we're going to use it and damn we'll make sure we use it from here moving forward if anything right. like this happens. Right. That's not what's happening and maybe eventually that's what will be said. Yeah. But it hasn't been said and I, I just wish it would be like, you know, we probably should have used it. Mm-hmm. But then of course then, okay, well, who was responsible for using it? Right. Well, then all of a sudden that person is, oh, people are calling for their job. Yep. That's where it gets complicated. No, I know. But I, I, but I firmly believe it should have been used. Yeah. If not, then when? The reasons I've heard for why we didn't so far are not good enough reasons. No. Um, and I think we need to, I think this is part of a larger conversation about emergency preparedness for our community, but for any community, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the wireless industry. I don't understand why if there's an Amber Alert, which is very important, we all get them on our phones. Why do I have to subscribe to something in order to get emergency alerts for a fire or some kind of other disaster? You know, why, why isn't it that that's a built-in functionality in our phones, first That's of all. a great question. Um, so that's something I want to, and, and I'm in that industry and I feel like I, you know, we're, we're on the retail side of it and, you know, not the policy side or the technology side in terms of the, you know, towers and things like that. But it, I still feel some responsibility for why, why isn't that a thing? Right. Number one. Um, but number two, the emergency alert system, think about where, where this fire was under the rampage of, you know, the under the bullseye, to use your words. These are, in large part, older communities, mobile home parks, things like that. A lot of people who are sitting at home watching TV, mm-hmm. probably trying to get answers. Um, why wouldn't you s- sound the alarm? And you can say in the text, if you are in this area or these areas, get the heck out, mm-hmm. you know? So so the excuse of, well, we didn't, we wanted to target our response, it's not good enough. And, and we, we do need to have a larger conversation about our preparedness. And, and then just, we need to talk about, um, and I want to pause for a second. And um, I think probably the reason, and, and three is too many, um, but probably the reason we didn't lose more lives is because of our first responders and the incredible job that they did um, under extremely tense circumstances, trying mm-hmm. to get as many people out as possible. Um, and I know, you know, I know some of the firefighters, um, one, I talked to that very night or early that morning. And I know there was heroic efforts to cut the fire off in certain areas. Cause they knew if it got past here, it was going to be even worse. There was a heroic effort to save the high school, um, so I, I commend them and I thank our first responders. They are true heroes. And I know they, they say, well, that's what I signed up for. Um, but you know, we owe them a lot. Um, but we, we need to talk about when there are multiple agencies that come together, like there were Medford district three, district five, um, everybody came to help, right? That's, that's what they do. Um, mm-hmm. But there was also a little bit of a vacuum of communication in the days immediately after, too. So we need to talk about how we 
alert each other in that moment, how things are updated, and then who's in charge after that, you know? Well, um, that was a weird one. Yeah. And I have never really experienced anything like that before. Yeah, yeah. It's and like, even now that that part of it's over, I still, I don't know, I guess I haven't thought, even thought it quite through all the way, even mm -hmm. though there's been a lot of talk in our building at work about, the emergency alert system right. specifically, but yeah, the amount of information and, and we even had a couple of, you know, gatherings where we brought everyone together at work and we're talking about where everyone was getting information. It was like, mm. it's really hard to find. Yeah. It's really hard to get information. Yes. And then, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into this because it can get, it can get a little sticky and it's not really what I want to have to deal with is these different, um, departments mm -hmm. we'll say or mm -hmm. um people in charge and i'm not singling anyone out but just the lack of information coming from mm -hmm. uh, whether you want to say state county city there just wasn't much mm -mm. for whatever reason i'm not exactly sure the reason yet mm -hmm. but there just wasn't and so we were digging on our own trying to find yeah you know through the the Jackson County um, emergency management page, the, the sheriff's office page, because the information wasn't really together anywhere mm -hmm. that we could access it. Right. Um, and didn't know how to. And so we were just scratching and clawing for anything we could possibly find to give people an idea. Right. I couldn't believe it. I showed up to work and I remember saying to Ashley, like, where are we? Yeah. Where are we right now? Right. And she said, I don't know. And I That's said, amazing. I don't either. Yeah. I don't know either. How do we not know? She said to me, how do we not know mm -hmm. where we are right now? Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't know. I managed to go to bed and luckily I'm a sound sleeper and I got mm -hmm. an okay night of sleep and then got up earlier than I normally would. And I was even going to do my show from home just because I didn't mm -hmm. or do my part of the show from home because I didn't know where we were yeah and even what had burned down like there was nothing right. else i could really do yeah. that night so i went to bed and was going to be ready to go the next morning and right. then i just said i can't do this i have to go into the building i mm -hmm. can't do this from here yeah i, I can't I, I just i didn't feel right about it even though it would have been fine yeah there's not much that's different but you know i jammed over and Obviously, you can't do much on your phone. You're not supposed to while you're driving, so that's not a good idea. Right. And so it was just jump in, and I sped over, and where mm -hmm. are we? And we didn't know. Mm -hmm. We didn't know where we were. Yeah. And we had to rely on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> so much. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Probably the best information I got was from Twitter that night. Oh, really? From uh, the Medford Alerts Twitter because I think, you know, he was really paying attention to what was being said on the scanner. And, and, and then, you know, in retrospect, all of the, his updates turned out to be pretty, pretty factual. Um, I wasn't so much, you know, I knew, we knew that there's going to be a ton of devastation and there definitely was a lot of information and misinformation about what burned down and what didn't. Oh, that was chaos. Yeah, that was crazy. But what was most frustrating for me is I want to know where is the fire right now? Thank you. And that's when I said, where are we? Yeah. Where are where, we? Where is the fire and who needs to be, you know, 
we need to know where the fire is. Did you head it off here? What areas are burning right now? And I understand, I've learned through this whole process how political things like percent containment is because it's all, it's not just political, it's about resources and it's about other things. Um, and so they don't want to, you know, they're not going to make a claim about containment percentage and things like that until they absolutely know and they have the resources they need to deal with the situation at hand but that was the most frustrating piece for me i didn't know where the fire was and that's an important fact for people to know mm-hmm. you know um and i don't blame i don't blame the first responders and you know everybody there trying to fight it but s- somebody i think that's where that who's in charge the leadership vacuum yeah like, yeah that's all i'm asking like who's in charge who right. would tell us that well there's a lot going on we understand that there's open chain there's slater right there's two major forest fires going on around us and yeah. then we had this in the middle of mm-hmm. you know, residential areas mm-hmm. and so who's in charge right when it, something like this happens and that was probably uh, there are many insidious things about this whole thing but knowing how spread thin the resources were with just in our valley and then statewide Mm -hmm. um we we probably under normal quote unquote normal circumstances would have had about 10 times the amount of resources on the almeda fire were it not for how spread thin we are across the entire that's a good point so that's you know it's without criticizing all i'm saying is we need to have a conversation of when there's a, a, a disaster like this, you know, and there's multiple agencies working together, we need to know who's in charge and who's going to be the one sharing information. Because you know? hopefully, if it's all coming from one source, then we're doing a better job of informing the public. Correct. And keeping people out of harm's way. And we right. can help with that. And I think right. that's the biggest thing is that that's what some of these systems are in place for is to mm-hmm. help people stay out of harm's way. Yeah. So how can we better serve you? I know for us, just speaking of, you know, the morning show and what we do on, on Q100.3 is we're trying to do the best job for the community, whether that means making them laugh on every normal day or informing them of something that's going on in the community. Mm -hmm. And so to try and inform them and not have information is very difficult to do. Yeah. And, and of course I wouldn't want them to stop the important work they're doing to give us an update, but you'd think there'd be some, type of system in place in order to get the information out there. Yeah. Well, and because it started flowing at some point, right. More than it was. Yeah. And then it was, well, I don't really want to get into this, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and I have to say too, um, I feel like I didn't listen Wednesday cause we were so busy and I didn't, I didn't have a chance to listen to you guys, but I knew that you were working hard trying to get information because you were texting me, asking me what I knew. And you know, I just knew you were working on it. Um, I woke up, I didn't really sleep Tuesday night, um, Wednesday morning. So I got up and I kind of set up a, cause by the way, I had, we have a store in Ashland that was behind the fires. Mm-hmm. So I had an employee there who could not leave because she could not get back north. Um, and so luckily we were able to snag a hotel for her that night so she could, you know, not have to sleep in the store. Um, and so, and we had, I knew we had employees who lived in Phoenix, employees' families who lived in Phoenix. So I had, you know, I was up by five, 
and by up, I mean, I just got out of bed from a sleepless night. Um, and I had kind of set up a war room. And so I was watching, um, the news, the local news, and I'm not going to call out specifically, but I also, they did not meet the moment. I'm just going to say they did not meet the moment. And I understand if you don't have information, but then say we don't have information. And honestly, be a little bit more conscious of the content that you're, it's not a normal day. So I don't care about your quiz of the day or something like that, you know? So we need to talk about our response to these situations in general on multiple levels. Well, and part of it is being aware of what's going on around you. So that's awareness is one. Right. And that's one of the things I struggle with because we want to be aware and oftentimes being aware is being on social media because that's Mm. where a lot of information comes from or where Mm. it originates. Um, just because it'll splash there before it makes it on the news or on the radio or whatever that is. Um, So trying to find that balance in life anyway, Mm -hmm. and then having to go into, you know, full steam ahead mode where it's like, we have to be all in all the time Mm -hmm. right now. Like right right now we have to put everything we have towards getting the answers or informing people. Mm-hmm. which is why we stayed on the air for seven hours on Tuesday. Right. And we just kept on going because we knew we had an obligation to the community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just being aware and being willing as an organization to do whatever it takes in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I guess I shouldn't speak to it because I really don't know the the restrictions or Mm -hmm. that they have in place as far as who can make what decision locally. I don't, I don't know what they can and what they can't do at the television stations, but I know in our case at the radio station, we didn't even ask questions. Mm -hmm. This is what we are going to do right right now. Yeah. And we just did it. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to get in trouble for staying on or overstepping our bounds, well, we did it because we were trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't know what they can and can't do at the television stations. But yeah, in those moments, that is when you should put everything else aside. Yeah. Scrap all programming. Yeah, I was frustrated that night. I, I'm, I'm thinking, why is Jeopardy or whatever it was on right now? You know, why am I watching Family Feud or some, you know, whatever? Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, it's like, Wow, no one cares about, you know, what the what the what the survey says the toughest job to do today is. No one cares about that right now. Yeah. People are worried about their homes and their lives and yeah, I just in general, I just remember thinking this is not good enough on so many different levels and I don't say that to criticize. I'm I'm trying to think about going forward. Um I mean, I would like to think something like this could never happen again to us, but it could, and it can definitely happen to another community. Yeah, it's a too. good lesson for everyone to yes. learn. Yes. And I, it's very interesting to think about how we are informed these days. And yeah. this all kind of ties back together because mm-hmm. you talked about subscribing to the alerts, mm-hmm. right? Where they geofence and target geo areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have something that was purchased for use, 
right? Mm-hmm. So you have this opt-in system that I, mean, right. I don't know the county did they buy it or whoever, right? Whoever bought the app or the program, yep. So you have that, which clearly not many people had signed up for. Now there's been a lot more sign up, oh, yeah. but it's almost too little too late for the next big event. They will be signed up. Right. There's still issues within that system. There are because you can only put in so many places. And what if you live in grants pass and work in Medford, like I do, mm-hmm. or what if you're not in that area, but you know, someone who is, mm-hmm. um, but big picture, I almost feel like I don't almost, I know that, there's so much that happens on your phone and on social media that people don't rely on the television station and or the radio stations as much as they used to. Mm -hmm. It's not a big secret. You know it. I know it. Are they still viable? Absolutely. I still work at a radio station, but I think people have been trained to look elsewhere for certain information when the reality is those two mediums have the ability to reach the masses in a hurry mm-hmm. and override everything, right? If your phone, okay, we can't do that yet, or mm. we can, we just don't, or whatever that looks like, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. these mediums still have the ability to get the information out there. But yet people are like, I don't listen to the radio anymore. But yet you don't listen to the radio anymore, but you're the first one mad about not hearing enough updates. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it because it's a, it's a, complex situation but these mediums that we used to rely on for certain information don't always do a good job getting that information and getting that information out and people aren't necessarily tuned to them for that information anymore anyway and part of that is their own Mm -hmm. doing like it's our own fault because maybe we got away from some of that stuff and I don't say we as in a certain radio station or TV station I, I mean as an industry right so then are you equipped to handle these types of situations? Right. And then, and then people will say, well, we're using this fancy app cause this is what we purchased and this is what we have to do. No, I get that. But why wouldn't you use every single Avenue? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of bouncing all over here asking multiple questions at the same time. Yeah. Like part of it is an industry thing where it's our fault. I feel like part of it's our fault for many reasons and then people just are so used to going to their phones so there's just there's just a lot it's very complicated and i think a lot of individual people have to own some i don't think in this you know social media world that we exist in today i'm really upset at a lot of individual people who are commenting on for instance there was a live stream from the manor Mm-hmm. that a certain station had showing pointing back south towards the fire um and they were playing the scanner feed over the video of mm-hmm. the of the fire you probably watched it reading the comments on on that thread people saying you know just in particular a specific example oh phoenix high school is gone that turned out not to be true. Why would you put that on a comment if you don't know that for sure? Well, you know, we're, we're just weird. Yeah. Why? People are just weird. Let's yeah. be honest. People I mean, want to be we're all weird. And I know someone who told me point blank Home Depot is gone. <laughs> and I said, are you sure? And, and then the explanation was terrible. Ugh. 
you know, and yeah. it ended up not holding water because right. the next day I said, Home Depot is still standing. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like, yeah, people. Well, so and so said that so and so said. Right. You can't rely on that in a situation like this, and in most situations, you can't. It you was know? a good reminder on a very micro level of how much misinformation and how easy it is for good people mm-hmm. to fall under the trap of sharing something that isn't true. Yeah. Um, and and that's really it's really important in a in a disaster in particular that we reserve unless we've seen it for ourselves or we've seen hard evidence it it's really important to reserve just trying to share information for the sake of being first instead of being right well it's a really strange world we're living in because there's all of these people out there who want to gain a following mm-hmm. or street cred or whatever right. it is. Right. Everyone wants the likes and the comments and the shares and all of this, that mm-hmm. and the other, that it's created this weird environment that we all live in. Mm-hmm. And you know, what do we do with that? I mean, even for us, as we were digging for information, we would say, this is what we are hearing mm-hmm. from a source that we have known to be very reliable. Right. And couldn't say who the source was, right. but someone was feeding us information Mm-hmm. Thank goodness, multiple people were feeding us information. Yeah, um, inside that are inside organizations that would probably know. Mm-hmm. But that's how we were delivering it. This is what we've heard. Right. This is what we have been told, and that's all we could go off of. Mm-hmm. But trying to be very careful. Right. Because you're informing a lot of people. Yeah. And you don't want to be wrong. But there, yeah, there wasn't much information. But yeah, it's weird how people will. Yeah, and it's frustrating. And and um, I I will say though, I I I was checking in with a firefighter friend of mine, and I knew he was there. And uh, he called me after we had a brief text exchange because you know, as a person, uh, you know, on the school board, and my wife teaches at the high school, I was getting conflicting reports at that point. Um, and from some sources that were more reliable than others. And so I wanted to hear it directly from him. You know, do you know the status of the high school? And at that point it was one thirty, and he said, it's still standing and we have, we are trying really hard, but it's not looking good because the fire is right across the street. And it really was right across the street. Um, and so I went to bed, quote unquote. I'll just say I hung up with him at one thirty, thinking, you know, starting to prepare myself that the high school. You this know, is one thirty a.m. One thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. That the high school was going to burn down. And by the way, this is what you know. This bond that was passed, brand new high school, seventy million dollar bond, a big part of which went to the building this new high school. And so, um, so seeing the video of it still standing the next day, you know, that was a big deal because you just know that it's going to be a beacon of hope and in practicality, probably a shelter for Mm -hmm. people in our community. So this is why it's important not to spread misinformation because, um, these, these things, these, these buildings represent in many cases, you know, more than just, just a building. 
And that's not something that you should just flippantly mess with on social media in the midst of a disaster, you mm-hmm. know? So I, I don't know. I just, I say that to say it's easy for us to sit here and, you know, like you said, Monday morning quarterback, but, um, but we all just have to really take a moment to be introspective about, um, how we conduct ourselves and how we handle ourselves in certain situations. And maybe I hope there's a lesson to be learned here for all of us, you know? Um, and I get it. This is unprecedented, right? Mm-hmm. There's no playbook for this. Um, but I think as a general rule, a playbook can be try to get information from reliable sources. Don't share something unless you can verify you know, it. Really. Yeah. With, you know, very good certainty, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's a lesson for not just a disaster, just for everyday life. Um, yeah. Well, and there's so much information out there now, and that's one of the things that we're really struggling with internally. I, mm-hmm. You know, for, when I say we, I mean, um, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. We were talking about how our kids have been sheltered from a lot of things mm-hmm. on purpose by design, mm-hmm. phones, tablets, mm-hmm all of these things that they can show. And I know you're Mm -hmm. in the wireless industry there's a time and place for them, but they can show that, you know, early on in a kid's life, it's not the best thing for them. Yep. Uh, I'll just leave that at that. But she was talking about a situation with the online school, how these kids are just light years ahead of our kid Mm. because they've been on these devices. Mm. Perfect example. They asked about favorite video game and my kids like on Nintendo. (laughs) <laughs> because they don't have an Xbox, they don't have a PlayStation, yeah. they don't have anything like that. Right. Just because we don't really feel they need to, at least not yet, mm-hmm. you know, they're younger. Yeah. And she's left out of the conversation because she doesn't even know what video games are really. Mm. Mm. But in the grand scheme of things, when you think about video games, you think about social media, mm-hmm. all of these platforms, you have TikTok, you have Snapchat, you mm. have obviously Facebook, Instagram, and hundreds of other apps out there mm-hmm. that a lot of kids are growing up with that from a very young age. And if you aren't a part of it mm-hmm. from a very young age, you're left on the outside. And at first glance, it doesn't seem like a lot, but before you know it, your kids are in middle school and they're potentially getting made fun of because they don't know what Snapchat is Mm. or because they're not on TikTok, and all the friends are on there. So when you talk about information and everything coming at us, there's so much happening in this world right now. We've never been closer with technology than we are right now, Mm -hmm. but that's really not helping things Mm -hmm. it really Mm -hmm. isn't and so for me there's this huge internal struggle right now yeah now more so than ever in the last week or two more so than ever i already knew it was a problem Mm -hmm. i already knew it was fatiguing Mm -hmm. in the job that we have and having to keep up and stay up on top of all these things and do the best job we can then you start to see the negative effects on your children and what's that what that's doing to them and the kind of position it's going to put them in is very difficult yeah. And I don't know what the answer is. Have you watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix yet? No, uh, but I've definitely talked to people about it. Yeah. And I know it's probably just going to hammer home what I'm already thinking. It is. Yeah, and, it um, But what do you do? That's right. the question. What do you do when your kids are on the outside looking in because mm. they don't participate in all this stuff? Mm. Do you let them because everyone else is doing it and they're mm. going to get made fun of and and they aren't going to be a part of things because they're not on 
social media and that's how everyone communicates? Or do you still hold strong and say, this is how we're going to do it, but yet you're putting a lot of pressure on them Mm -hmm. because now they're going to have a target on their back because they're the kids. It already happened in one of the class discussions. You know, Mm. 17 of 23 fourth graders have phones. Good for you. You're in the phone business. Wow. Is that what we need? Mm. And then when someone says, I don't have a phone, a kid responds, lame. Oh, God. In fourth grade. So this is where we are. Like, Mm. this is where I am and where we are right now. Mm. And that is a very strange spot to be in. You know, oh, I'm glad you brought this up because as someone who's passionate about kids and education and also happens to be in the wireless industry. I feel fortunate to be in sort of a position to influence at least locally how we approach these things because, um, and I started some of these conversations when I was on the board of Medford and it's a big, it's big. So it's going to require a lot of thought and effort and it's going to require um, a lot of people to make it happen. But I, I am, as someone in the industry, I'm a huge advocate for being mindful about how we use technology and devices. I think they're tremendous tools and resources. Um, I'm not really in favor of young kids having, you know, smartphones. And if they do, I think there needs to be very stringent parameters and controls on how and when they're used. Um, And I think not only do we need to do that, but we need to, from a very young age, you know, all this stuff exploded onto the scene and we didn't even really have or make time to talk about how we process all this. It just kind of hit us, Mm -hmm. you know, very quickly. And we need to take a step back and really, first of all, study what are the impacts, you know? Um, And then we need to, as, as kids are growing up using technology, we need to educate them on how to protect their physical, mental health, um, how to use it responsibly. And that's the piece that I think has really been missing. Mm -hmm. And part of that is not, you know, ostracizing kids whose parents have chosen not to, you know, allow them to use this stuff yet. Um, but kids are going to be kids. I know. I and know. There's, you know, you remember what it was like being a kid. I yeah. remember what it was like. I can't imagine growing up today, though. Um, it was even my generation. You know, we. I always joke we're the last good generation because we had, you know, cassette tapes and uh-huh. floppy disks, landlines, and, and, and yeah, telephones. Yeah, and then and then we got to experience some of you know some of the new stuff early enough on where we're not, we're not like left behind, but I'll tell you, I feel with all these various social networks, I can't keep up with them all. I've tried in one stage or another to use all the other ones. I pretty much only use Facebook because I just can't, I can't hang with all these different, you know, there's just so much coming at us and they're all built to get our attention. Right. And the more attention they have of ours, the better. Yep. That's why, you know, I shut alerts off on my phone a long time ago. For the yeah. most part, most of the alerts are off. And, um, yeah, it kind of, it's my brain is just spinning with yeah. the whole thing. And I don't know what to do other than, <sighs> I think what you're describing is 
it's a good example of, and so then, you know, you have a disaster, right? And part of me is, I've been having this argument with myself. Is this why I feel like the information is so inconsistent or that there's an information vacuum because we're just overloaded by social media? You know, it's, um, I well, don't then know. to hear the officials say we used the alert system. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're going to live and die by the alert system. Well, the alert system is only as good as the number of people signed up for the alert system. I didn't know about it. There's been no campaign that I'm aware of. I missed the boat. And maybe uh, I've heard about it, but I didn't. Even even then, my wife was signing us up and, oh, you can do this and you can't do that. And I'm just like, and then you need a separate account and that and the other. mm. Anyway, we've already, you know, beat this horse for a while on the information and how it comes out. But yeah, there's just so much out there. It's just so overwhelming. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a it's a weird spot to be in. I mean, to be a parent right now is mm. is. I didn't think it would be like this. Yeah, I didn't think it would. Not that I don't think we can handle it, but and as a pretty solid, stable family household, I mm-hmm. think we can. But um, dealing with all the other challenges that are out there, I'm just like, gosh. Yeah. And we have these kids on screens even more because they're at home because of COVID. Right. And then you have different parents handling things differently, yeah. which we could go on and on about that for a long time about how th- right. that's being handled or not handled because people are all dealing with different situations. And yeah. so some parents are doing a really good job. Some have to work. Some are leaving their kids at home by themselves mm-hmm. maybe before they would like to, mm-hmm. but they've got to do what they've got to do. And so what's that effect yeah. going to have on these kids and they're on screens all day long and yeah. Is that really good for their eyeballs? I know it's not good for mine at work. Mm. Mm. So can it be good for theirs? Probably not. And you just put all of it together and it's a lot to take in. I think the good news is that these conversations are happening and you and I are not the only two who've had, you know. um, I think there is an awakening that's happening. I don't think we're there yet, but I think, you know, with all the... And you, we've even talked about this before, the, you know, Cambridge Analytica stuff and Facebook and, you know. Um, it's it, deep. It is really it's deep. It's so deep and I, I, I'm not knowledgeable enough on it to really go into detail. Like you read a, a decent amount, watched mm. things, but it's really deep. It is. It's really, really deep as far as the machine Mm-hmm. and what's going on without getting all conspiracy like there's there's a couple organizations that wield a lot of power yeah a lot of power yep and that's what's weird for me it's weird to see amazon just crushing the mm-hmm. pandemic mm-hmm. like what he tripled his value or something and, right. and maybe i'm off but that's right. just something i heard but i know that he bezos was making yeah billions mm-hmm. in just Oh, hours or whatever, you know, and yep. I'm probably off base here, but for the most part, it's, it's probably pretty close to accurate. And mm-hmm. you see that and you see, you see Facebook and Twitter and the cancel culture and, mm-hmm. and, and other people's opinions are wrong and shouting at each other. And yeah, there's going to be something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's either going to get really bad mm-hmm. or I should say get better. worse than it is now. Yeah. Or it's gonna, or there's gonna be some kind of mm-hmm. 180 where it's like we got to stop. 
Yeah. We got to stop. But I don't see that train getting stopped on the tracks it's on because it's like a runaway train. The and obviously, government can't keep up with rules and regulations and restrictions because all of our personal data mm-hmm. has been used by all these big companies. Yeah. Used and abused, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, don't you think your your data is being sold over and over and over and over and over again as we speak? Oh, yours yeah. And mine. All of ours is. Yep. We haven't seen a penny from that. Right. But we opted in under the terms and conditions. Right. And if you go online, there's all these side company or companies that are just in the business of, Oh, you want to find out more information about Michael Campbell, pay $20 and mm-hmm. we'll, you know, like the minute you get a loan, the minute you buy a car, the minute you do anything, it's like that information is just being sold over and over and over and over and over. Oh yeah. The minute you opt into an app, yep, it's being sold over and over and over and over. And it's just crazy. Right. Like that's where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And people will say, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't care if they have my information. Mm-hmm. So much more than that, though. What's that saying? If you're not, if you're not the customer, then you are the product, or something of that nature. Yeah, yeah. But here's so. Here's what I've seen, though. Just to kind of turn this around to to what's good for a second. Um, in the midst of just this year, and and I thought maybe this the pandemic would would spur some unity and you know some togetherness it seems to have had the opposite effect it became political mm-hmm. you know suddenly a medical thing became political and then you know uh, uh, i like you try to understand all sides of where people are at and and you know i'm not going to get into the particulars but there's just a lot of information and feelings and it's hard to know what's up and what's down and what's right and what's wrong but I can tell you, I have seen unbelievable unity, generosity, spirit, optimism, positivity. I've talked to people who have lost everything and have come to help at a donation center. Mm-hmm. I saw a, a lady bring um, a lady who lost her house and had things donated to her, came to our donation center at Orchard Hill. And wanted to donate a pack of diapers and some baby food because she, because people have been so generous to her and she yeah. wanted to pay it forward. So I, you know, as much as we talk about all these things that are frustrating and painful and scary and uncertain, I have to say overall, I'm very impressed and humbled by um, our community our community's response um, in willingness to help. Um, I and just, it's not just in ours either. Right. As special oh, as our area over. is, we'd like to think it's the only one like this. Right. And I talk about it a lot about yeah. how there's obviously something special about here and the people here and how generous they are and how giving they are. Mm-hmm. But that didn't just happen here. No. It happened in Roseburg, right. in the Glide area. It happened in Eugene, where they had to cut off donations because there were so many donations. Right. Like, we got to get organized. We have warehouses full of stuff. And yeah. it's just overwhelming the amount of support. So you're right. There is a lot of good happening out yeah. there. And it's, there is, it's still there. Yep. Peep, there is still a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. You know, humanity. Humanity at its finest. Yeah, it's not just Southern Oregon, it abounds everywhere. And I, I think if we can hold on to that and figure out. How can we channel that more often and in a bigger way, you know? Um, well, I think... Under normal, quote-unquote, circumstances. Part of the problem, though, is 
and we've talked about this before and I've talked about it on my podcast over and over and over negativity sells mm -hmm. and you see it night after night after night on all the big networks. What are they doing? Yeah. It's hate, 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 yep. negative, 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 negative. What do you see everyone clicking on and commenting on, on the internet? Yeah. Stuff that strikes a nerve mm -hmm. and that's what just derails us. Mm -hmm. It's and when then we spend so much time, trying to justify our position for what i know why do we even have a position i mean or or you know it's all what did i hear i was listening to something this morning we were talking about ideas like like how attached we are to ideas mm. and why are we so attached to ideas we mm. feel like they're our own and really they aren't our own yeah for the most part they came from somewhere right then we get so attached to them yeah. Then we get angry about something because you don't believe what I believe. You're a Democrat. I'm a Republican or whatever. I'm mm -hmm. an independent. I'm stuck in the middle. And I think you're all idiots, you know, for fighting with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then we just go round and round and round all mm -hmm. day, all night. You yeah. know, we just feed into it. And so I think part of the solution is, is some of that stuff changing or people getting away from it. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many people who don't even watch the news at nighttime anymore because they know. Mm -hmm. whether it's real news or fake news, the real news is bad news and the fake news is worse news or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. One is the other one. Right. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're doing a disservice. I think when you're just constantly putting out negative information, negative news, negative, anything, negative vibes. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of those things to me fit into the same umbrella. Yeah. They go in the same category. Right. But, it's what we see on the internet and what happens on TV. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's the media, partly the media's fault, I think. Yeah. You know, I really do. And, and we see the good when we're not staring at the bad. Right. Yep. And there's good all around us. Yeah. Every single day when it's not COVID or is COVID or fires or no fires, there's good happening every single day, but it's just drowned out by the negative. Yeah. And, and I joke about it. And I even said to my wife this weekend, I said, you ready for that cabin in the woods yet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that sounds pretty appealing right about now. I know. But at the same time, you have to make a living and you've got to do all these things. So yeah, I, I'm partly joking, but part of me would love to just shut all that off. Mm -hmm. Just live. Like people have forgotten just how to live. Right. You know, look around, look at your surroundings, notice your surroundings. Oh, my head's not in my phone. I noticed this. Someone mm. needed help or, yep. or, I got to visit with the neighbor that I never talked to or whatever. It sounds yeah. silly, but really some of those things are what yeah, we should be doing. Well, and that's what I think an event like this gives us is that a, a very painful and harsh reminder, but a reminder nonetheless of what's important and what's isn't, what isn't important. Um, and that's that I, I definitely have experienced that. And, um, and, you know, that's definitely what it's done for me. I mean, there are people who literally lost everything. Mm -hmm. um, and it could have been any one of us. Yeah. And still could be. Yeah. Yeah. But to know that, and this was really, when you said this to me, what did you say? We we got a few things, but I don't even care about any of those things right now. Yeah. And kind of what you spoke to earlier. Right. Like when you said that to me that night. Yeah. 
I've thought that way before, but to hear you say it, mm-hmm. it just caught, it just hit me right in the spot. And yeah. it was like, you're so right. All yeah. of these things are just things. Yep. But we're so worried about grinding to have the things. And I know. To do all of the things. And that's one of the things that COVID's done for me is realize that mm-hmm. all of those things we either acquired or like to do are just things. Yep. And if we never do another one, I could figure out how to be okay with it because that is not what matters the most. Yep. It may matter in one way or another, but it doesn't matter the most. Right. So, right. you know, what, yeah. does, what does that look like moving forward in, in the daily? Cause I'm back to watching football already. As soon as it right. came back, I'm like, I gotta watch some football. <laughs> but before I would have, if it would have never right. come back, I still would have figured out how to live without it as much as I'm a football fan. Mm-hmm. But it's there, so I want to watch some. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting sidetracked here. But no, you know, I was struck. I, I like I like toys. I like te- I like cars. I like technology. You know, I'm I'm into that stuff. But I was struck how much I did not. It was like, oh yeah, I have that. I I'm not going to try to save all this stuff. You yeah, know what I mean, I just want to get a couple days worth of clothes couple precious things that can't be replaced and just mostly make sure that my family's okay. And, and, you know, I think the, what hurts so much about all of this is, you know, if, if our house were to burn down or my neighborhood for that matter, I would almost give anything to trade because all myself and all my neighbor, we're all insured up the wazoo and yes, it would be terrible and it would be a huge, inconvenience but these some of these people who lost their mobile homes or or whatever they don't have insurance they don't have renters insurance they literally lost everything yeah i mean they don't so that's what i'm really focused on right now is um and i feel fortunate to be on the school board and to have a little bit of influence just tonight i have a meeting with a bunch of local leaders to talk about how do we get our people back in our community we need to get our people back we need to get them transitional temporary housing and then we need to get focus on permanent housing and what that looks like um and that's that's where i'm going to channel and focus um my energy and so um, because i think it's so important to get our people back into the community and i've seen i've read some articles and i've seen people say you know i don't want to go back um, and I understand because the trauma that oh, yeah. people have experienced is so severe. I hope with time people see that this community cares and and we want you back into your towns and we're going to figure out a way to, you know, hopefully make that affordable for people so we don't just shove everybody out. Um, it's a complicated situation uh, because it, you have yeah some of these areas that they're going to want to rebuild different. Yeah, differently than they were before. I and know. So what does that mean? And I know. And all of that, and you're just going to lose people. I know. You know I was talking about Jesse, who who lives in Grants Pass, was on my podcast, and yeah. and left Paradise. Yep. Um, yep. So people are gonna move around. They're gonna see it as, um, yeah, maybe a positive, maybe a negative, or, or try and find a positive, I should say. But even then, it, it may not be the right situation to move back into. Right. They might not have time to wait around. Yep. You know, get they may too. need to move and find a job elsewhere. Yep. And that's the unfortunate part because the community yeah. will never look the same. Now that's not necessarily all a bad thing because maybe it's better eventually. Mm-hmm. That sounds probably, I don't want that to sound heartless, but what I'm saying is there may be an opportunity to 
maybe improve things that weren't great. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't really know a lot about the towns, you know, Mm -hmm. both of them. I don't have an intimate relationship with them like I would some other towns, but sure. um, It's just a, a very complex situation. Well, I think what you're saying is we certainly need to make the most of it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, this, this is awful and unfathomable as it is. This is now the hand that we've been dealt. And so the question is, what are we going to do with that? You know? Um, And I I hope people can join in that effort and that fight um, and uh, who want to stick around. Um, But I, I don't, fault anyone for not wanting to, you know, everyone's going to have to, um, I just, I think my message is people are going to need help too for a Mm -hmm. long time. And we need to keep that in mind and continue to channel this energy that we have to be helpful and, and generous, um, and understand that this is going to be a years long process. Oh yeah. Um, and it's going to still require a lot of community effort and help and, um, yeah, but it, but you're right. You know, um, it, perspective is important, and and at this point, we have to just continue to look forward and think of how we can make the most of an unbelievably terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, take a lot of willpower yeah. and a lot of time and energy and effort and money yeah. and resources by a lot mm. of people. Mm. That's mm. what it's going to take. Uh, the scale is just yeah. It's um, but you know. Um, this is what I was going to say about my drive. Uh, I turned right at talent and I drove down the 99 all the way to Ashland, then turned around and came all the way back through Medford. And as, as much as I was struck by the destruction and the loss and the sadness of all of that, I was also honestly a little surprised at, at how much was spared. And I know Part of that is effort of our first responders, and I will be forever grateful. Part of it's just the, we talked about the crazy, insidious nature of fire and how Mm -hmm. it bounces from one place to another or doesn't, you know, or skips this neighborhood, but not that one. Um, And so as sad as it was, and as much as I'll never get those images and that smell, you know, out of my mind, um, there's still a lot standing too. And, um, I'm grateful for that. And, uh, I just, um, yeah. Um, what a, it's still surreal. Mm-hmm. It's surreal to be, this is not a reason you want your community to be national news. Um, no, I think I said that on the air. Yeah. Now you're here. Yeah. You know, right. It's exactly. a weird thing. It oh. really was weird for me to see, yeah. Someone from ABC standing in the rubble. I'm like, uh-huh. this is why you're here. Oh yeah, that's your it's, whole point, right? Of what sells, um, right? That, here I, we are sifting through the ashes of Phoenix, Oregon. I know, walking I, through hundreds of homes turned into ash and rubble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. couldn't get here quick enough. Yeah, I know. I. I took that personally too. I I understand now. I will have a different perspective of other communities' pain, you know, in certain disaster, tornado, flood. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It's not fun being on this side of it and and seeing, you know, I understand they have a job to do, but I, I talked to somebody with the school district who had a very aggressive AP reporter say things like, well, I just need to get to where all the, the devastation is. I need the worst devastation. Literally, this is 
two days after the fire, things are still smoldering. Mm-hmm. Things are still burning. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> that's Which, tough. It's that part of it that that really wants me to just tune it all out. I know. Yeah. You know, I not know. the recovery efforts and all that, but the the noise. Right. I just, it's t- it's exhausting. There have been a couple that I really appreciated um, that really, I think, captured um, the pain and, you know, make it easy to, to share. Here, read this because mm-hmm. this will really help you understand the sc- scope of what we're dealing with here. Um, but, yeah, some of it is just the sensationalism and it's hard to it's hard to be a part of. And so I say that just to say let's turn our focus inward and continue to do that because we're going to have to for years in order to rebuild and to to remain you know together as a community um it, it is important we have to be aware i think of some of the noise but we don't have to let it define us and and distract us from you know mm-hmm. um and and you know i think about it's tough to see, you know, it's interesting how even amongst people who lost everything, there are still haves and have nots. I can't tell you how many GoFundMes I've seen. Oh, yeah. Of people with vast personal and social networks who have raised tens of thousands of dollars. And I'm thankful for people's generosity. And I'm, I'm glad for those people that they got that help. Um, but I also struggle when I see... You know, I've spent time at the expo and I've seen people there who are, are quote unquote invisible. And these people don't have, they don't have a social network to raise tens of thousands of dollars for them on their behalf, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they do, maybe it's so, I think it's important that we are mindful and coordinated with our generosity too. Definitely. And, um I don't know. I feel like I'm really on a soapbox for the last hour. No, but I, I'm totally <laughs> with you, though. I, I understand what you're saying, and it's yeah. uh, it's the it's the world we live in, though. Yeah, on so many different fronts, mm-hmm. the haves and the have-nots. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm not one of those people, and you know, I'm not one of those people who is like, we got to just spread it evenly, because yeah. you know, I don't really think that helps either. But mm-hmm. it's just to him. Yeah. No. It's a it's, strange experiment. This thing we call life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I think it's just, um, it's a good reminder just to be conscious of, you know, um, because <laughs> you can't donate to every GoFundMe. There's no. too many. Everyone has one. You know, the, the scale of this is so huge. So, you know, um, and if you don't have money to donate, um, time yeah. is valuable. Um, mm-hmm. But check with the the organizations themselves, you know, the, the school district is doing tremendous things and I'm a little bit biased, but, um, you know, we've set up a fund, um, and they are targeting that fund to people who need the most help and who don't have as many other resources like insurance or FEMA or whatever. Um, so that's a good resource. Um, but, you know, uh, there's a lot of different things that have been popping up. So it's interesting, isn't it? We have to be critical consumers of, of where we spend our, um, our, how, how we, well, you and I talked about it. Yeah. About certain situations. Right. And what do we know and what do we not know? Because, you know, there's people that want to help, but they also want to know that they're really helping. Exactly. And sometimes it's hard when there's so much going on to know that your yeah. money is actually going to what you want it to go towards. Yes. 
And some people just give and don't care, and that's fine too. But mm-hmm. you just never know. And there's already been reports of you know mm. GoFundMe's that mm. of people didn't lose anything. So it's right. it's just tough. Again, yeah, misinformation. But if you do enough research and you talk to enough people, generally you can find the right place to to yep. give your time and energy and money or whatever you want to give. I appreciate. You know, I had someone reach out to me who um, is a member of a particular church and um, was looking to procure a significant donation for the school district and for this fund. And um, he had some really good questions. You know, who's this going to? What's the accountability? Um, I mean, we should be asking those questions. And anyone who can't answer them or hesitates in any way to get those answers, that's not where you need to be sending your money. So just just be mindful of that. You know, just as we have to be critical consumers of information we share, we have to, you know, do a little bit of digging sometimes to make sure it's really, you know, that that our our will and our enthusiasm to to support others um does not go um does not go to something that's not going to do that, you know. So, um yeah, it's it's such a I think our community is forever changed by this experience. Mm-hmm. And some of these lessons that we're having to learn the hard way is, um, it's pretty, um, it's pretty incredible. Um, I, th- I just, I, maybe it's just the optimist in me. I I'm hopeful that we will emerge stronger, you know, as a result of all this and, and closer and with better perspective. I think at some point we have to. Yeah. What choice? Even the ones that don't want to, Mm -hmm. that feed off the negative energy. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know, you know, what you believe in, people who are listening right now, no matter what you believe in, but if you can't look at everything that's happened this year and feel like maybe there's a signal trying to be sent to us, Mm -hmm. and this is where I get all like woosah and, you know, all kumbaya, but no matter if you believe in God or the spirit or a higher power Mm -hmm. or energy or Mm -hmm. love and whatever, that if you can't look at it and go, maybe we should just take a step back back Mm. and look at what we're doing and maybe reevaluate just a little bit Mm -hmm. or a lot. Yeah. Depending on the situation. But I know for me, there's been enough stuff happen where I'm looking going, boy, it's getting real. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's happened in a hurry Mm -hmm. and maybe it's time to really step back and reevaluate everything we're doing Mm -hmm. and see where we should focus our time and energy because it could all be gone so oh, quickly as so we know true. that uh yeah i'm just going to keep telling myself that because i need the reminder every yeah, day because right. it's easy to get sucked back into mm-hmm. go 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 gotta do this gotta do that uh mm-hmm. then days weeks months years go by and yeah you're still doing the same thing so yeah so true how long are we in hour 32 oh really yeah wow it's a good it's conversation, a man. Yeah. I always enjoy being able to catch up with you. And Well, and there's a million other things we could talk about too, but yeah. um, I think that was the main thing is just kind of touch base and yep. talk about the experience the past couple of weeks. And I know a lot of people are feeling similar things, you yep. know, that's for sure. As oh, far yeah. as with our situation here, specifically in the Rogue Valley and then across the state and across the West coast and across the country with COVID and Mm. so much elections coming up. There's, it's just, there's just a lot for people to think about. Yeah. And 
Yeah. I wish there was a simple solution. Unfortunately, it's a probably a complicated solution for a complicated situation. It is across the board, whether it is, you know, politics or disasters or whatever it is, it's never black and white or red and green or however you want to draw the comparison. Should we wrap it? Yeah. All right. Take care well, of yourself. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, it could be on the Garage Talk with Jason Allen or be on the band with Michael Campbell. Both podcasts are available just about everywhere you'd want to listen to one. That's and if true. it isn't, let us know and we'll figure out how to get it there. But uh, all the major platforms and we're out there on the socials and you can rate and review or do whatever you want and yes. throw it in the trash. We don't care. We're still <laughs> going to keep doing it anyway. Though we can't. I love it. I will relaunch someday. <laughs> right now there's other things that are pressing, right? That's it. All right. There you go. Wrap it up. We'll wrap it up and we'll be back again. I'm sure sometime. All right. Talk to you later. All right, buddy. Thanks. <laughs>